So uh, thank you all for coming. We're going to start with uh, a song that's familiar yet powerful to just gather our hearts uh, and then we're going to have an opening prayer after I play this song. And uh, let's pay attention especially to some of the deep meaning in this song. Sometimes familiar songs are too familiar almost. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear And what a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we offer in prayer. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus, Lord Jesus, the one who saved us, redeemed us, and gave us so much. We thank you for your friendship, for your fellowship that we can have. You've come that we might have life and have it more abundant. This afternoon we invite your presence but through the power of your Holy Spirit, the thoughts that are shared, the secrets from your scriptures about intimacy with you would come alive. We thank you for each one that has come. It's our prayer for each of us that we could grow deeper with you, closer to you, more intimate, that we could hear your voice. We live in a world that has a lot of challenges, And we ever so much want to hear your voice more clearly. We want to be emptied of self, set aside our own goals or agendas to allow you and your Holy Spirit to be in full control of our life. Because we know that when we're in step with your Spirit, it's when there's 
bountiful fruit in our lives and our lives are empowered to do all that you've called us to do and to be all that you've called us to be. And so we invite your presence in this room and that each that have come and perhaps those that will listen later on tape or on CD would be able to receive a blessing from all that you would work in this topic. We thank you for the joy and the victory that we have with a growing intimacy with you. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Those that uh, know a little bit about my background and life know that the Lord opened up a door um, for multiple visits to uh, some of our foreign missions. And uh, those visits challenged me quite a bit from the, the type of Christianity that I first thought was normal. Um, just growing up, being baptized at 17, um, I knew that we were supposed to have some quiet times with the Lord. I knew that we should read our Bibles and pray in our closets and together, uh, you know, as, as a group of believers. But the topic of intimacy or understanding what is even possible in growing close to the Lord was not very clear to me. And therefore, I didn't seek it very much other than what I thought was just regular Bible uh, reading and prayer time, quiet time. But I discovered that God showed me, and perhaps many of you over your journey as well, that He wants more than a duty of us coming in a quiet place with Him. He doesn't want that to be as some sort of a, a sacrificial difficulty for us. He wants us to come with joy into His presence. He wants us to come because we long to be with Him. We want to be intimate with Him. And uh, if we learn some secrets about abiding in Him, there's abundant life that's promised if we get close enough in our walk with Him. Meaning that life takes on a new level of joy and a new level of victory. And we cannot, this is very important, we cannot be a struggling Christian if we are abiding in the center of His will and filled with His Spirit. We can be a tested Christian. We can be one that's going through the fire of persecution even at times throughout our world. But we cannot be down and out. We cannot be struggling, barely hanging on to our faith. If we're abiding in Him, the power of His Spirit is there. We hear testimony throughout the ages of those Christians who are able to go to the, the stake and be burned and have joy there. Through all kinds of difficulties, because they had learned the power of the Holy Spirit and about in intimacy. And uh, part of this talk is learning what it means to walk in the Spirit and grow in that understanding and to grow our quiet times and our prayer life to a point where we hear His voice more clearly every day. We hear what He's saying for that day, for, for a moment, for an afternoon, we hear His voice. And once we learn to tune into His voice, um, we're going to have a much more fruitful life. We're going to look at some scriptures later that will give us some of the keys to this. 
part of the vision of a, a forum like this or a talk like this um, basically says that we can become a stronger, healthier body of believers through a stronger personal prayer life. We basically have the enemy at times stopping us from this, this pursuit of getting closer to the Lord. And uh, what it can do, our intimacy, our personal walk with the Lord can rekindle a passion for prayer and intimacy that will then be, can't help but be noticed by other people. There's some sort of a spark that is in God's people when the Holy Spirit is at work that we know that that joy that they have, that's not something they're manufacturing. That's not something that is just being put on like a smile, even though inside one is hurting. It's bubbling out. It's coming because there's something that has happened, that God has touched a life. And uh, that's my prayer this afternoon, that each of us that are here would long for a touch again and again. And we're not going to be even keeled through our whole life. There's no one forum that you would listen to that will set you for life on this, this new plateau of joy and victory. But it brings out some concepts that we want to look at. And there's some specific goals in this forum or talk that we, we want to cover to grow our intimacy with God. Every one of us is at a certain level of your closeness with God, your quiet time with Him. If I would have pulled the, the group of eight or 900 here this morning and, and uh, asked them, you know, how many of you spent 15 minutes alone with God in the last 24 hours? How many of you spent it three times a week, five days a week, seven days a week? You would get all kinds of different levels of people spending time alone with God. They would be all over the board. We want to learn how to grow this. And what Jesus taught in these areas, to develop a more consistent, passionate, exciting prayer life as a two-way conversation. And we'll get into more details with that, but most of us know from sermons, from all kinds of other teaching, that it's not just about us talking when we spend time with God. It's about hearing His voice. It's about the voice of the Holy Spirit breaking through our busy day and speaking and saying, I've got something for you to do today. Or maybe we're under the gun. We're under persecution by the enemy. He's just attacking us. And he's going to speak something into our hearts. Just, you know, in the first person. You know, Fred, just trust me for the outcome of that meeting. Trust me for what so-and-so has said. This is going to turn out better than you think. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. And hearing that voice when we're spending that quiet time is part of what we want to cover today. And experiencing a closer walk by praying without ceasing or being instant in prayer. The Spirit-filled life and walking in the Spirit, we'll cover more details later, but is maybe 50 to 100 mini-prayers a day, not just your half hour alone with God. But it's while you're walking with the way, while... While you're sitting there, we're praying for the person who's speaking. Um, we're in our cars. We're driving somewhere. We're walking by the way. 
God is, is speaking something to us and, and uh, we can speak to Him. To understand the power of God that is moved by our humble prayer. And when we pray in the Spirit. How many of us, and I think most of the hands will go up, but I want to just pull the audience. How many of us have prayed and at the end of that prayer you realize I wasn't praying anymore. I might have started off praying, but God just took over. And the kinds of things that I was praying, just raise your hand. God just took over and He began to pray. And at the end of it, we felt different. We felt that we broke through with heaven, that we were in communion with the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit like that is powerful and effective. We'll, we'll cover some of those concepts. And out of this becomes personal revival or, or a fruit of this, a deeper intimacy with God and a growing prayer life is personal revival and growth. We're going to see us doing things that perhaps before we were not as active in doing. The fire wasn't as bright, perhaps in, in certain areas, but now God wants to do something in us and through us. This is a key verse in understanding that God does not want defeated Christians. He wants us to have an abundant life. At times I'm going to be a little bit interactive and I'll repeat it for the purpose of the tape. But does abundant life mean no problems? Does it mean the easy life? What does abundant life mean? Joyful, a rich life, a rich, life. Rich, in the blessings of God. rich in the blessings of God, purpose-filled. We want to have a life that has purpose and meaning, excitement, not the world's excitement. That's usually just very temporary. We want a joy that we can wake up with, even if there's problems. There's a joy of knowing He's holding our hand in the middle of trouble. There is the ability to have abundant connection with God that the power of His Spirit is so strong that He says, I'm right here with you. Don't be afraid of what's happening right now. I'm right here with you. I will hold your hand through this. And suddenly a joy washes over us. And we might tell others what we're going through, but He's right there with us. And it's abundant, not trouble-free. And Jesus promised that we would have that. How about us? How about each one of you? Is your life filled with joy and abundance right now? How abundant and joyful is your life? There's a, a key set of verses that the Lord gave me that I'd like to, to share with all of us. It's found in John 15, 7 to 11. And it's one of the keys to intimacy. There's just so many verses that speak to intimacy in the, the book of John. And... Uh, one of the things of frustration that we sometimes have in our Christian walk is, how do I know what to pray? Is he going to answer me? Is this really going to be in the center of God's will? And we might approach prayer at times and seasons with the feeling, I'm going to put it out there anyway, but this is a long shot. Um, just we'll see what God will do with this. And... That 
is reality to a point that can exist in the Christian life, but that's not the, the norm of what God really has planned for us. If we're abiding in Him, and pick up some of these keywords, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. And it explains why you want to do this. Herein is my Father glorified that you might you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. But let's back up to verse one now. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. What does that mean? Words abiding in us. That means we're in the word. We're in the scriptures. We're memorizing them. We're taking them with them. We're praying them. We're the Word is not something that is foreign to us. If we're rich in the Word, one of the uh, apostles or disciples uh, was called mighty in the Scriptures. Um, he knew the Word. And by knowing the Word, it provides ammunition for the Holy Spirit to pray God's words back to Him, His promises back to Him, right at the right point in time. And so if it's God's ideas, and God's words that we're praying in intercessory prayer for others, how effective are those prayers going to be compared to our own words? See where the Lord wants to take this? That if we're rich in the Scriptures, and we've got more and more Scriptures under our memory, hidden in our hearts, like the Scripture says we should do, He's going to to just at the right place, at the right time, give us a word for that moment to even pray over a given situation. And, and uh, you know, he'll just flash words in, into our minds as we're, as we're praying. You know, like uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 10.4. You know, it, it says that uh, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, Spirit in a prayer will say, there's a stronghold here. You're not fighting the flesh here. And uh, just that scripture will be immediately coming to mind. And uh, we just then pray it. Lord, we just come against the strongholds in this situation, the enemy strongholds, the, the attack of the enemy in this situation. And w your word says that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And by praying in the Word, it's powerful and effective, and it says, you shall ask what you will, and it will be done to you. Far greater effectiveness, and God will be glorified. And that's a main importance in everything that we do, that we would step aside with our own agendas, that God would be glorified. That's my prayer for this talk, that God would be glorified in all that would be said and done. As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. Are you experiencing the love of God lately? Do you feel the love of a father just wrapping his arms around you? When a day is tough, can you come into his arms? Can you come into his presence and experience his touch and this, the whisper of his spirit's comfort that says, trust me, my son, you know, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Or my peace I give unto you. My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. And he's just speaking comfort to us. And all of a sudden we sense just this warmth of his presence. And we know somebody maybe is praying for me or God just touched my life. 
He loves me. And we need to know that He does love each one of us, whatever we're going through. Continue in my love. He wants us to, to learn that intimacy and continue in it. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be remain in you and that your joy might be full. Brothers and sisters and friends, anyone that's listening to this tape or uh, audio recording, powerful things happen when we are in the Word and we abide in Him and the Word abides in us. Supernatural things. Another key teaching of Jesus, this is not a suggestion. This is not if you pray. It says when you pray. Enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Those that know me know that I'm a believer in group prayer as well and that our churches should be praying more. But one of the foundational things with prayer that we can't even get to the other levels very effectively is if personally we're not connecting. If we're only connecting in groups, we're missing out in a lot of the intimacy that is, is the heart of the Father. And He sees our hearts cry. This whole area of, of personal prayer we want to go deeper with, it's a wonderful thing. It can be so rewarding when we spend time alone with God and we break through We'll talk a little bit more about the Holy of Holies of praying and this, this wonderful joy and presence that we can experience when we know that now the Holy Spirit is praying and now He's speaking to our hearts. Sometimes we're kind of blocked and stuck in praying and uh, we're finding that our prayer life is dry personally. And one of the, the, the things that God will point out with His Holy Spirit if we're willing to listen to this is that we need to open up with a friend and tell them that we're struggling or that we're under attack. That we dare not fight the fight of faith alone. Each one of us knows there's been times and seasons where we haven't opened up and what that's like. And it could be months. You could get dry in the Word. You could get lose a lot of steam in your private prayers. You, you stop... Um, praying as much as you used to or as passionately as you used to. And if that happens, the remedy is confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's two aspects to this verse. The first part says open up. I'm going to ask a question now. And this will be for the recording listeners as well as everyone here. When was the last time you opened up with a friend and then prayed together. And so this is what I'm dealing with. Will you pray with me right now? Or maybe it'll be the next day because you can't get together right now, but even over the phone. Sometimes it can be more instant in prayer. And we can say, let's pray right now over the phone. If we do this, it's going to make a huge difference in our walk, our prayer life. If we invite others for accountability, for 
God to infuse in our hearts His touch. The enemy is always battling. All of us experience it. No one is exempt from the enemy's fiery darts. Even the strongest Christian that we might think, wow, this person really is walking strong with God. And the Apostle Paul as an example. He often asked for prayers. He pleaded for prayers of the saints. And we should ask for prayer for one another. Pray for me. This is what the enemy is attacking me with. Um, This is what I'm concerned about. This is weighing heavy on me. And in our private prayers, this has become one that I don't know. The Lord only knows how many times the Spirit has brought this prayer to my heart in my quiet times. It's now in the hundreds and in different ways. Not not praying it verbatim, but praying the concept that's here. It's a cry that says, that Jabez said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Oh, that your hand would be with me. And it means that we're starting a day and we're saying, God, except I have your blessing, except you're with me today, today is going to have a lot of trouble that I will go along with. But if you bless me, if your hand is with me today, if I'm in the path of your blessing, it's going to be different. I know that you're going to carry me through this difficult day. And maybe even in this group or this afternoon, there are some that are carrying something difficult. Maybe at camp there's some reprieve now and you're feeling the joy of being with God's people, but you know when you get home, you're going to be in a war zone, so to speak. And God wants us to start every day with an invitation for Him to work that day in us. And we might say it this way. We might say, Lord, just fill me with Your Spirit today. Bless me today. Help me to think Your thoughts today. Help me to be like Jesus today. Help me to see what you see with the people that I'm going to interact with at work, wherever it might be. I want to hear your thoughts as I go about today. If you want me to call somebody, to speak to somebody, just prompt me. I want to listen. Enlarge my territory. Show me what you're, what you're doing. And he's going to hear. And then we can pray for him to keep us from evil. Jesus patterned this in his prayer. He says, deliver us from the evil one. Keep me from evil. I believe that we don't pray that enough. Protection prayers, deliverance prayers. Lord, just protect me, cover me, make the shield of faith strong. Keep me from the evil that the enemy wants to try to attack me with today. Or intercessory prayer for someone else. Lord, we just pray for this family. The evil one is hitting them hard. I can see they're struggling. Keep them from the evil one. Protect them. Strengthen the faith that remains and and grow that. And, And if I can be an encouragement to them, help me that I can help them in some way. Speak through me. And uh, we're, we're going to discover that the enemy has a lot less effectiveness if the shield of faith is prayed over for different situations. This has a lot to do with ministry and teaching as well. I have noticed this year has been one of the better years just before camp. There's all kinds of things that start going wrong. How many have noticed that uh, if you're involved in any sort of teaching or forums or whatever? The week before camp, 
Who's stirring stuff up? Right? It's the enemy. And uh, can, can we do something about that? Do we just have to say, I guess that's just the way the war works. No? We can't, but God can. Yeah, personally in our flesh, we shouldn't try anything alone, but God can. And so if we're getting together, and Mike can attest to this, it was about a week or two before camp, I was sharing with him, Mike, I'm under attack. Uh, I think it has to do with camp. Let's pray. And, uh, you know, we, we can get together, we can agree in prayer together, and all of a sudden, things lift. And especially if we persist in that. Not just a one-time thing. It's powerful. Being honest with God, personally and then collectively as well. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If we want to have an effective prayer life and abide in Him, we've got to turn from some things that are, that are not good. And the Holy Spirit's going to show us. We learned today the stony things that we've got to get rid of. Our teacher had an interesting idea. He, he brought a whole pile of stones into the class, put them all on a pile, and at the end, he didn't tell us what we were going to do until the end with them, but he says, I want every one of you to pick up a stone, maybe more if you want, and think of something that is a stone in your life, something that's got to go, that you know that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you about. And then pray for that stone to be removed. Just recognize that there is a stone of some blockage, some, something that is blocking growth, right? It's like a stone in the ground that the plant can't get through. And we've got to get rid of this. And uh, maybe even write on the, the name of the problem. And this is just a metaphor. This is just you know, a way of us thinking through in a serious way that there are things that might go. For some, it might be television. It's just taken over. It's no longer partially you know, edifying thing. There's all kinds of things that are wrong and garbage that got to be cut out. Maybe it's on the Internet. Maybe it's wasting time with too much sports. There's a place and a, and a point where you can feel God leading you to spend some time with somebody and maybe have a game of tennis or whatever to be a friend and encourage. But it, if that's taken over, you know, all of these things, we've got to be honest and humble ourselves and say, Lord, this thing in my life, it's got to go. I know it. You're speaking to me this week. I want it to go. But I've tried before and it's still there help me to overcome this and and share it with a friend talk together the reality though of today's situation is that many in north america we could almost say that most christians in our churches struggle to have enough personal time with god it's all relative but we have a distracted society i think we're all admitting that we had a picture in our lesson we're just bombarded with so many things that distract us and the common complaint is i wish i could have more time but i'm just so busy as a mom or a dad or with work and this and that and it's true 
We have a lifestyle that's busy, but we've got to break out of that. I, this is a statistic that I compiled just loosely. Maybe it's growing. I, I pray that it's grown to, to 10% from 5 But less than 5% of believers regularly meet with someone to share and pray together. Meaning that at least once or twice a week, that you're connecting with somebody to open up and pray with. Or once every two weeks. uh, Some regular interval where you're connecting with somebody to open up, to fuel our, our personal prayer lives as well and our accountability. Too many are not entering into consistent intercessory prayer in our quiet times. Meaning that prayer life can take on a very me or my family focused praying. And we're not thinking about some of the really deep needs in our churches, in the workplace, that we're just not thinking big picture because of where we're at in our prayer life. Many of our churches do not have prayer meetings as a full church function. This is growing, thankfully. And the leadership wants to grow this. Our elder brothers are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking that we need to become a praying church more and more. That we pray collectively. That we cry before the Lord for some of the families, for the lost. And as we do this, things will change. The Spirit of God will will move in individuals for our own personal intimacy. But as a church, we'll see the fruit of that. The early church did that more. And we need to, to understand that we're a victim of our society's uh, prosperity. Isn't it true? That our needs have diminished in the last 50 years compared to most of the developing world. 90% of our world doesn't have it as good as we do. And our brethren in Africa and Brazil and Papua New Guinea and Paraguay and uh, Mexico and other places in the world... Why do you think they pray more? I'm going to open this question up. I'll repeat it for the recording. Why do they pray to the intensity that they pray? Some of them are struggling with daily bread. Certainly in Ghana, Africa, when I was there, I saw that. I saw people, one meal a day. Many went hungry to bed. There was popcorn stands all over the city, the capital city. Imagine this. And I asked, why so many little popcorn stands? Well, because people can afford that. It's like five cents a bag to fill your tummy before you go to sleep so you don't go to bed hungry. There's just so much need in our world that we can pray for, even in that area of interceding. It's eye-opening. Other thoughts? I would agree with that first comment. And also, I see that many are first-generation believers. And as that, they, they... have an increased um, burden for the lost because they know that if if no one had shared um, God's word with them, they wouldn't be a believer. So that increases their um, the intensity of their of their prayer life because they're praying for their unconverted uh, siblings, sometimes parents, sometimes uh, children or coworkers. But there's there seems to be more of a uh, a dependence on, on, on prayer for the lost. Amen. There's no question about it uh, that they've seen the Lord work. Um, their dependency grew and grew. There's a lot of testimony. And for us, 
we've got a lot of independent living, if we're honest. We really hardly need. Like, Rob lives uh, two minutes from my house. When was the last time I had to drive over to your house and say, I've I've run out of some food, Rob. Can you spot us for a day or two? It just hasn't happened. That happened in in ages past. Um, But it, it doesn't happen in our prosperity. And prayer isn't mentored enough. It's not taught in small groups. It's not in one-on-one settings. And that's part of the purpose of this forum, um, this talk, is to mentor this concept of uh, growing our prayer life and lack of testimony of answer prayer. You know, I I wanted this to be practical and and bring in some testimonies. And uh, we've got uh, 20 minutes left I want to cover a few more slides and then um, I'm going to open up uh, for uh, one brother that I've asked to share something and then I want to leave it for the rest of the group as he's sharing or even between now and and a little bit of sharing time. If you can think of something that you'd like to share that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart about how maybe your intimacy grew by an event or God doing something, answer to prayer, a personal revival that took place, or anything that you feel is is, uh, the Lord putting on your heart to share that's related to this topic. There's attitudes of prayer. There's a setting of prayer where we pray. There's the types of prayer by what we can pray for. And there's the results of prayer that we can touch on. True prayer is speaking and listening. And our attitude in going into it is, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I don't want to just do the talking. And it's wanting that the Father would speak to us. And another thing that the enemy attacks us with is he'll say, why bother going to your closet to pray or, or pray in private? You're, what, what's your prayer going to do? What difference will your prayer do? A lot. A huge, huge amount. And uh, just incredible mini miracles that are only a miracle to perhaps you that you know was a hand of God. Um, maybe you can share some with other people sometimes too when you see answers to prayer, but you're going to see divine appointments. You're going to see God's hand in a lot of ways when we develop that lifestyle more and more. And one example was before I did a talk uh, similar to this um, at one of the camps many years ago, I wanted to spend some time with the Lord at 6 in the morning. And my pattern has always been a night owl, and I'm up late, and then in the morning I'm so tired. I'm just so feeling like my body is like not wide awake and not bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. But I wanted to spend time that morning before the forum. And so I asked a brother to pray with me, and uh, that I could get up right at 6 o'clock. And uh, sure enough, that next morning, right on the dot, at 6, I had a refreshing sleep. I was up at 6. I grabbed my my Bible, a pen and paper and a pad, went to a quiet spot to be with God because I wanted the Holy Spirit to share with me any last verses. And the topic was on spiritual warfare of the New Age movement, the counterfeits that are in our country with Eastern thinking that's coming in, people dabbling in the occult uh, under all kinds of you know, new names to deceive. And I thought, Lord, if this is coming into our churches, 
into our families, into our country. We need to see your hand. Lord, show me that you are alive and well now in our time. And I remember that morning very clearly. I have it written in my journal. I said, Lord, just show me, show me your power. Like, like Moses, he wanted to see God's glory. And little did I know that something would happen that morning that I feel the Holy Spirit wants me to share with this group. First of all, it was a scripture miracle. I asked for a verse. I said, Lord, where in the Old Testament do you speak about the children of Israel going into the land and they're not to do the detestable practices that are there? Of the contacting familiar spirits or mediums, engaging in witchcraft and sorcery, these are an abomination to the Lord. I closed my Bible, opened it up. The Lord gave me Deuteronomy 18, verse 9, right on the verse. And it's 9 and 10, exactly what I needed. I closed my Bible again and wanted another verse. I said, Lord, where is that verse in the New Testament, that victory verse when the man of sin, the Antichrist, uh, comes into power and uh, you destroy him with the brightness of your coming. And again, amazing. The word opened up to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 right there in front of me, right on the page. No flipping at all. I closed my Bible again and he gave me a third scripture about the rapture of the church and the meeting in the air. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Right again, eye on the verse. Something happened after three mini miracles like that. My faith was built stronger and stronger. I felt the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, I began to pray and ask for more of His presence, that I'd be emptied of self, that He would fill me with His Spirit. And that morning, in that preparation, God did one more miracle. It changed my prayer life and my intimacy ever since that point. And I was in a prayer meeting, maybe even about this many people, in a morning prayer meeting at camp. And the brother, uh, I had requested prayer along with others that were praying for healing or sicknesses or salvation uh, requests. And I said, I have a forum today. And I'd like to ask for prayer for myself that I could be emptied of self, that the Holy Spirit would come upon that it would fill me, that it would be God speaking. And I don't know to this day who the brother was. It was uh, one that I was not familiar with. And uh, he began to pray, Lord, we pray right now for Fred Weinhardt that you would pour out your spirit on our brother Fred right now for this forum that he's about to give. Right at that moment, by God's sovereign power and his, his love and mercy, I felt a river of power. It started with the top of my head. It flowed right through my whole body. The Spirit was poured out on me like a river and it went down to my feet. It hit my feet. I was praying like this, just standing, uh, closing my eyes. And as it reversed its flow and went up, I went like this and opened up my eyes because I thought maybe this is the rapture and I'm on my way up. <laughs> it was like, Lord... I never experienced a personal shaking, if you will, or manifestation of the Spirit's presence to that degree. In the book of Acts, we read 
The room was shaken. We read that there was a rushing mighty wind that filled them, and then they went into the streets with boldness. There was fruit in this manifestation. And what happened in my life was my desire for getting into the Word changed. I just wanted to steal away to be with Jesus. I wanted to be praying, and I found myself with a new anointing. And that morning for the talk, I found the Holy Spirit taking over and speaking things that I know were God's thoughts. It's the heart of the Father. And God wants to do experiences in our lives. I want to turn it over to Brother Rob to share um, a thought or an experience uh, for a few minutes. Uh, yeah, you, you should come up here, and I'm going to just uh, move the lapel that the Lord has laid on your heart. Um, Brother Fred asked me to share two to five minutes, so I won't be, won't be long. I grew up uh, thinking that miracles were mostly for those of other denominations and those for you know far away countries and and God has has proved otherwise. Um, we we see you know so often the miracle of a of a transformed heart and and that's been just so encouraging to me. I think one of the probably one of the most frequent. Uh, miracles in our midst would be the the transforming hearts of of uh, those that God brings to Himself, and and uh, also I should share, uh, you know, to witness, for example, um, our brother Werner Weinhardt, the the cancer that he had, and how the the church prayed um, diligently for him, and and he was. Uh, healed of that, and then again, uh, you're, some of you are familiar with uh, Sister Sarah Josic. How she was uh, so sick with cancer to the point where we wondered, you know, if if the Lord was going to take her at a at a very young age, and um, the, the church again prayed frequently and and diligently for her, and um, God granted her complete healing to the point where she's she's free from cancer um and it's just such a blessing to see a you know someone that young and and pretty newly married to to be uh to experience a, a miracle like that of 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 healing from god and and glory to god for that uh something more personal for us is um my son, uh, youngest son, uh, we've of course prayed for him, and every time we we attend a prayer meeting, you know, we always request prayer for our our, our sons, and, and I'm sure all of you pray for your children. Um, recently, uh, my youngest son started uh, praying and fasting, and um, he's he's not as well insulated as I am, so we thought, you know, what's going to happen? He's 19, 18, 19 years old, just turned 19, he's fasting, uh, is, what's, what's going to come of this? But the Lord, you know, watched over him uh, during that time, and it, it's brought about um, some really good fruit in his life as far as uh, he's, he's got a, a renewed hunger for God's Word. And um, and just a real desire to serve God and and to 
to uh, he's been helping um, to raise money for church and and uh, helping recently help the widow to fix her roof and things like that. Where before it would never cross his mind to um, you know to uh, to study God's word even or or um, anything like that. And and God is still at work in his heart. I'd, I'd request continued prayer for him because he is a um, just starting out he he hasn't uh he hasn't been baptized he's he's uh still in that in that stage where god is is working on his heart but we can see that that prayer is is such a key in in his life where when he started to to take prayer seriously god was able to uh to stir his heart in in a new way so hope i don't didn't go over there oh, five you, minutes Rob. appreciate it do we see a battle raging in the invisible world? How he wants, the enemy wants to attack our families, our church. Do we see the effectiveness that we can have? There is powerful effectiveness and to praying in secret is so important. And confession and honesty with God. All of these attitudes uh, are so important in our, our quiet times with the Lord. What does it mean to be praying without ceasing or instant in prayer. We could just drive up to a situation and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit can burden us for an accident instead of just commenting, oh, how tragic. Just be in tune that the Holy Spirit says, pray for these families. They're in crisis mode right now. Pray that a Christian would be raised up to minister to this accident situation. Maybe it's another situation in our church that... uh, we know about uh, that we can passionately pray and uh, to learn to hear his voice more clearly. You know, the whole area of uh, hearing his voice is tied to the Holy Spirit. Some of us in this morning's forum, I think, uh, took away that myth. Um, but we might grow up thinking that the Holy Spirit is a gift that we get once and that. Uh, its quantity never changes, so to speak, because he is who he is, and there's there's no such thing as asking for more of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is a certain size, and he's big, and he's God, and he's everything. But when we pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we're not trying to change the quantity of what heaven has. What are we praying? If we if we say, "Fill me with your Spirit," be opened up so that the Spirit can come. We're asking for us to be changed to receive, aren't we? Opened up. Amen, brother. We are a vessel. We're almost like a pipe, right? And we're actually opening up the valve when the Spirit can flow through us. I love that song, Channels only, blessed Master. And with all thy wondrous power flowing through us, thou canst use us every day and every hour. You know, where are we at with that? God doesn't want us to drip. He, he wants to flow power. through us, and His power can, can definitely flow through us. And we can tighten that up with our own will and make just a drip go through. We can ask for more of this. He wants us to. He wants to give that as a gift. He says here in Luke eleven thirteen. it's become one of my favorite memory verses. And uh, basically, paraphrased the second half of the verse says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more 
Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? You're already a Christian. You're not getting the Spirit for the first time or His power, His influence for the first time. You're saying, Lord, fill me more with your Holy Spirit than I've ever seen before. I, I want to be used by you. I want victory in my life. I need your help. And He will answer that. The more we ask, and when the Holy Spirit begins to pray through us, uh, those are powerful and effective. We should pray like that song that's really a prayer. Come Holy Spirit, dark is the hour. We need your filling, your love and your mighty power. Move now among us, fill us we pray. Come Holy Spirit, revive the church today. You know, we, we live in a time that is serious globally. And if there's ever a time that we should pray like the Lord laid on my heart to share this morning in the general announcements. Now is the time. The world stage is set for big changes coming. We just don't know exactly when. But it's coming. And we need to be like the five wise. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Now is not the time to sleep and be distant from the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is a key role in this. Without His power, we're not going to get there. This talk today is not about the other settings of prayer. It's about the personal and private parts. But small group prayer is important too. We should grow that in our churches. And public prayers, like we talked earlier. But this secret prayer, we want to cover off this idea of the temple of prayer and learning to get into the Holy of Holies as we finish. If most of our prayer life is in the outer court and we're distracted or we get off of our knees too quickly, it can even be in our bedroom. Outer court praying is when we've got a million things hitting our minds and we stay there for about five minutes and we jump up and we head down for breakfast or we grab something on the run and now we're in the car. We have not gone into the temple yet, let alone the Holy of Holies in that prayer. It's a prayer on the run. It's noisy. There's distraction. We need to find a place the more focused is praying in the temple, which I believe could be our bedrooms as well. It's where we're now knowing that it's God and us. Um, it could be with a believer, it could be two or three. But we're, we're praying and we recognize there's still a battle there. There's other forces at work here. And we haven't made it into the Holy of Holies yet. We've got to stay on our knees longer. It's not always on our knees. Maybe we're laying in bed and we're crying out to God. Maybe we've even got pain and we're laying in bed. But we're, we're staying in prayer until something breaks through. The Holy of Holies of prayer is when we stay with God and we're sort of like Jacob and says, I'm not going to leave until you bless me. Like he was fighting with that angel that represented God. And we wrestle in prayer and we say, God, I need your Holy Spirit to be poured out on me. I need your touch today for this situation, for this family, for, for this need. And we keep on persisting in prayer until we recognize now the Holy Spirit is praying. Now, maybe we're even weeping. Not that every time we're in the Holy of Holies we need to be weeping. But now it could take us to that point where our heart is broken with the things that break the heart of God. We see the world through His eyes. We see a world in need. And we've broken through. And we, we experience a cleansing. Maybe it's some of our own sin that's part of the early part of that prayer time. 
as we open up and we share, oh God, you know, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit. We've got to find that quiet place to meet with God in secret, to clear the air and confess those sins, to invite Him and His Holy Spirit to move in our prayers, to stay praying until we know we've broken through the clutter, the distraction, and any oppression from the enemy, to allow the Holy Spirit to, to begin to speak through us and to, back, to speak back to us. And one of the, the things that we want to cover off as, as we uh, come to a close is hearing His voice. And there's, there's the concept, we know that it's biblical. It says, my sheep hear my voice. And we know that there's a still small voice that speaks. We know that in, in the, the Gospel of John, it says uh, that when the comforters come, the Holy Ghost, He will teach you a lot of things. He'll be a teacher. He's going to speak. But sometimes the, the misconception is that that's just nudges. It's just sort of like a feeling leaning one way or another. It's a conviction of one thing or another. But like Barb shared in a forum this morning, the Holy Spirit. How many were in that Holy Spirit forum this morning? Okay, good number here. Maybe 10 of us in this room. There's about 30 in this room now today. And uh, she shared that the Holy Spirit very clearly spoke to her in a sentence, speaking about a situation in her life. And I believe that we can all grow to this more and more. That we spend enough quiet times with Him that He will speak back a sentence. She was complaining about the ministry that was supposed to happen after three years. And uh, the Holy Spirit spoke and says, well, do you remember what happened at the three-year mark in your life? I mean, that's a whole sentence. I remember the first time that I ever heard this for the clearest that I could remember was I was on a plane flying to Ghana, Africa. And a fear thought hit me. What if I get malaria and die? This will not be good. And I, I prayed, Lord, am I going to be okay? And a sentence came back. Fred, you're going to be okay. Trust me that this trip has my hand with you. And my next sentence back was, Lord, is that you? And the Holy Spirit said back to me, Yes, this is my voice. This is not you thinking this. Thank you, Lord. I know that you're with me. And to get in all of our quiet times, to hear his voice more clearly, he wants to do that. There's some devotionals that help us with that because it's speaking God's words. It picks a lot of scripture and a lot of scriptural principles. And, uh, you know, just flipping out anyone, I can say here, March 11, it says, Walk by faith, not by sight. As you take steps of faith, depend on me. I will show you how much I can do for you. If you live your life too safely, you will never know the thrill of seeing me work through you. When I gave you my spirit, I empowered you to live beyond your natural ability and strength. That's why it's so wrong to measure your energy level against challenges ahead of you. The issue is not your strength, but mine, which, li which is limitless. By walking close to me, you can accomplish my purposes in my strength. And then it gives some scripture references. And as we begin to let the Lord speak to us in the first person, it's very, very powerful. The... The Lord wants to do so much more in our lives. 
you know, we don't have time to go into some of the types of things that we can pray for. Most of this has been covered in other places that we know about the different needs of life direction and interceding for others with health or our own and praying for salvation. All the different kinds of things that the Spirit will lead us into. But it's so important, again, that verse, that the Father wants to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. And in closing, the effects of this will be powerful and effective. We're going to see amazing events. We're going to see God's touch. We're going to see people saved, lives changed and touched. It will encourage us to pray even more. And powerful testimony of God's love and care will build up the faith of others. And keep remember that earlier thing of praying the Word of God. If ye abide in me, this is a spiritual secret. Get in the Word. Let it abide in you. And pray it. And you're going to notice that prayers are powerful and effective. And I don't want to miss this area of praying and fasting. It's a private thing, but it's important to intensify the work of the Spirit in our intimacy with God is the prayer and fasting. I believe as a church we can really grow in this. Wherever this recording goes out and people listen to this talk, let's ask the Lord that we can become a church that prays and fasts. Fasting is not an exercise just for its own sake. It's an intensity and a seriousness about coming to God and humbling ourselves. It's a way of humbling ourselves. And it can be powerful and effective. We just know that God is at work in our midst. And we want to pray that He would continue. It's hard to be in in, in an exact uh, scenario, but I do want to not miss finishing with a prayer and inviting the Holy Spirit to energize and rekindle each one of our quiet times, our devotional lives. And uh, let's do that right now as we, we finish. Father in heaven, we thank you for, first of all, answering the prayers even for this afternoon. We know that there's a lot of things happening, and yet you brought 30 people here to look into this topic of growing our intimacy with you. And we thank you for each one that has come. We know that you have a purpose and a plan for each life, that each is special, that you love each person in this room with a great love. You're a father who delights in giving to your children. And so we come to you humbly. First, ask that you'd forgive us for anything that's not right in our life. Create in us a clean heart. Lord, give us a desire to grow this intimacy and this walk with you, to grow our personal prayer life. We ask that you'd give more of the Holy Spirit's power in our life, that he would have more and more influence. You've said, If earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? You are our heavenly Father, and we ask, Lord, pour out your Spirit on each of us, especially in these end times. Pour out your Holy Spirit on our churches. Revive us, Father. Help us to grow our our prayer times and our, our quiet times with you, to be in the Word, to allow the Word to speak to us and to transform us and to wash us as we know the Word speaks of the washing of the water of the Word. We know that it has a cleansing effect. It's like a two-edged sword. It can enter into us and and take away things that aren't meant to be there. Oh God, we, we call on Your name. 
We ask that you'd fill us anew here at camp and and when we go home, Lord. Help us to set, set aside special times with you. Quiet times, Lord where we would found that, find that mountain to pray or go in our room and close the door and, and spend that time in the Holy of Holies, Lord. Forgive us when we haven't done that enough. Help us, Father, to learn what it means to break through in the Holy of Holies, knowing that you are now visiting us and, and ministering your presence and your power to us. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for the fact that we know that we can agree together in prayer you've promised to be with us. And we ask all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.